Blog Talk Radio. Hey, bro. What? Oh, my God!
Good evening. Hello, everybody. It's Real Life Spell ENT Radio. It's another another segment, another episode of Conversations with Shelly. Shelly, what's up, baby? How you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Glad to hear your voice. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Conversations with Shelly. Tonight, we will be discussing a very complex yet critical subject and the issues of incarceration and the effects it has on families. And so I want to start by uh, saying thank you for all who are listening and all who will be participating in this very serious conversation. Um, Is anybody on with us, CJ? 
Um, so far, we have 6025. Do you want me to bring him in now? Yes, please. Okay. 6025, what's up, man? There it is, nigga. Go with that mute shit again. You're fucking killing me death. <laughs> Unmuted. You're killing me death, nigga. What's the deal? Listen, what's good? What's good? Not stuck. How you doing, Soaking? How you doing? <laughs> I'm chilling. I'm chilling like I'm chilling. Chilling like I'm chilling. You already know. What's good? Okay. So, so what you got to say about um, incarceration? It's a very broad subject, as you know. And um, there's a lot to be said about incarceration and the effects that it has on our society as a whole, but particularly the family, because as you know, what's that background noise, you all That's my son, Wilding Out. That's Silky's little piece. My son is Wilding Out. Listen to me, Wilding He watching PJ Masks, and then he gets excited. Okay, okay. <laughs> I, so I, I, I'll yeah. close the door. I'll close the door. Okay. Is Anna going to come on with us? Yeah, eight four three four will be here with us later, along with amongst other people. They should be here later. Okay, great. Okay. So you know, definitely chime in whenever you feel like it, because you know everybody has something to contribute to this subject. It is just that vast and that broad. You know, there's not enough that we could say about incarceration. You have another caller in queue as well. Okay, all right. Um, Silky, do you want to you want to speak first? I bring the caller. You want me to bring the caller first? I mean, I mean, that's I mean, that's that's up. You know, you know, that's up to y'all. You know, whatever you want. Well, you you're I, on, I so so let's hear what you got yeah. to say, so. I mean, as far as far as incarceration is concerned, I was incarcerated. You know what I mean? I did two bids. I did a five to fifteen, a three to nine. Um, like I don't know as far as family concerned. Didn't really deal with as far as family concerned. I did me the whole time. You feel what I'm saying to you? But that mm-hmm. didn't kind of like that didn't John blaze me like that because at the end of the day, I got rid of everything off of my off of my record and was able to get out to BX, head down yeah. to SLA. Got out the DX and went to FLA and became a police officer. So it's like that is interesting. Thing. So how did that happen? How how did how well, did I you went, work that out? I went to well, I went to my state senator and my congressman and got them the right letters and did everything that I needed to do, and I did all of that. And then I had them do that, and I had them go ahead and go ahead and get, they just put in the paperwork for me. They got everything expunged. Now what happens is still though there is still. There's still an FBI red flag there, mm-hmm. but you can't open it up. You can't do nothing with it, and they it's cannot sealed. deny it's me sealed. anything. They cannot open up. They can't do nothing, anything like that. So I was able to go ahead and go down to FLA and do me. You understand what I'm what saying? Is, what is what is FLA? Just, oh, sorry, Florida. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. Florida. And, Florida. And, and 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 so and so you've been expunged. And how long did Correct. your expungement take? Uh, about a year. About a year. That's a what? Year because because what happened was because what happened was that I was sitting on a hundred twenty fifth street, stressing niggas out, Clarence out. I was sitting in the BX on hundred forty ninth, stressing niggas out. I was sitting on the hundred sixty first street, stressing niggas out. You understand what I'm saying too? Because I knew my grandma Dookie, God bless her, dead. I'm dead. 
Um, I had to get out of Dodge because I knew it was going to happen again. You see what I'm saying to you? So I just got out of Dodge and did everything that I needed to do. I just kept stressing, 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 stressing. Niggas got sick of looking at my black ass. and was like, yo, hey, let's do this. Let's go. And they did what they mm-hmm. did. And the minute they did what they did, I got out of Dodge. Know what I mean? So, and so I you created a support system for yourself? Period point blank. Okay. Give me a point blank. Like I just went in. I just went into these congressmen and these congressmen's offices and senators and just was in there, in there, in there, in there. Like, hey, hey, I wasn't doing nothing else anyway because I just had gotten out of the military. I just gotten out of jail and I was like, shit, you know what? I ain't doing nothing anyway. What I'm doing is I was sitting at home, getting my beer on. I went and bothered these niggas so I can get ghosts. You know what I mean? Now let I me ask you nothing. this. Let me ask you. Let's take it back a little bit because I want to, you know, go a little deeper. You know. If you had to speak to your young self, a younger Silky, what advice, with all the challenges that you faced and everything that you've been through, what would you tell young Silky? What what advice would you give him today? It's basically what I what I would tell young Silky. I mean, I would just tell the cat like, yo. Don't follow behind nobody. Mm-hmm. Certain things that you know and you're supposed to be like, yo, nigga, go home. Nah, nigga, I'm rolling out with y'all. You understand what I'm saying to you? I just wouldn't roll. Mm-hmm. And it's just kind of like, it's just, it's just, you know what it is? It's just, I would tell young Silky, use his common fucking sense. Period. That's it. Common sense ain't common, though, so everybody don't have common sense. No, everybody doesn't have it, and it's obvious to it. It comes to you, and that is a fact. And it's obvious to a duck. Silky, Silky didn't have a little bit of that shit for a minute. You understand what I'm saying to you? Because I wouldn't be able to holler at you right now talking about this shit right now. You understand if I had common sense. So, yeah. you know I mean? but you just got to, you know, just come on, man. Listen to me. You know. But I teach my little people, all of my whole posse and my grandkids, you know what I'm saying to you? You, 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 you teach them, hey, do this, do that, do that, do this. And it's crazy because you never did that, did this, and did that. You understand what I'm saying to you? But you know you always want better for them. You understand? But at the end yeah. of the day, every single individual is going to make, as they get older, their own choices and their own decisions. You understand what I'm saying to you? So you cannot yeah. control anything. You can't control nobody. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because again, you you want to and then, yo, guess what? You go, when, when when they walk out your door, right? When they walk out your door, right? At the end of, at, look, at the end of the day, when they walk out your door, you would no longer have control of these niggas. Yeah. Factual. So, Factual. so, so. Look, I'm going to holler at you in a minute, but let me bring somebody else in on this conversation. Uh, who do we have? Um, we have 4770. Seven, seven, seven. What up? All right, what's up with you? How y'all doing? I'm good. Who's this? How y'all doing today? This is nasty. All right, how are you tonight? I'm good. That's good. So, so what what can you add to this conversation, D Nasty? You know, what 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 would you say about incarceration and the effect that it has? You know, as a, from a female perspective. 
Okay, who's that in different? Huh? I was asking because somebody called themselves laughing when you asked that question. Um, well, I, don't I don't know been this, I don't been on both sides. Oh, okay. I don't been on both sides. I come from a family of officers, so I know mm-hmm. the other side, and I've worked in the court system and everything else, but I've also been to prison. And a lot of my stuff, you know, when I was young, yeah, I did some dumb stuff. But then what I basically ended up going to prison for was something I didn't even do, you know. Mm. And it took a toll. And it took a toll because it's like I learned the injustice. I learned the prejudice that the men feel. Mm-hmm. And it's sad to say that when it comes down, especially no offense to, to the other races, but when it comes down to our black people, I was considered an agitator when I went into the penal system. Due to the fact is I knew the law, but the law couldn't uh-huh. help me because the law is what sent me there because I knew the law. They were like, oh, you want smart niggas, let's teach you a lesson. Uh-huh. And mm. when you get in there, you start you start seeing people who have been even more unjustly accused and, un, and victimized than you have. You start trying to help them. Now you're an agitator because now they're ready to get rid of you because you're telling people the right thing. But then it's sad when your own kind turn around and say, oh, they can do what they want to do. No, the hell they can't do what they want to do. But because mm-hmm. of people like you that say they can do what they want to do and lay down and take it, people like me that try to fight, they want to kill me. Mm. Wow. Wow. I, I was not aware of that. Yeah, because I'm a target I, I raised. Like, in, I don't went to solitary confinement. Like, they mm. when I start, when I say you get done wrong, like, um, they call it homicide watch because I told you I had an issue with somebody. Then you turn around and sit a, and put me on the same thing as suicide watch, which in the, which is not really a watch because you're not watching me at all. You just take away my undergarments, put me in a thin-ass uniform, make me sit in the cold on the concrete floor in a mm. three-inch um, three cell so I can't actually lay down. I can't actually um, – I have to sit um, diagonal to um, straighten my legs for 72 straight hours. And if I actually go to the bathroom, it might take you three hours for me to go to the bathroom. Oh no! It's really torture. It's really punishment. And it's in the dead of winter. And it's in the dead of winter. And the bowl, you the, you so you so cold that you just your teeth just chatter. Even after three days, when they finally let you go and you take a shower, the shower hurt because it stings because your body's on fire because it's like it had, your body hadn't gotten numb because you were so cold and you laying in your bed, although the shower and kind of warmed you up a little bit, and your teeth mm-hmm. chattering, you going, to, you sleeping and your teeth chattering. Wow. And I'm sure this has had a, you know, a mental, you're a very strong woman, I want to commend you, you know, because, you know, not everybody has the courage to, you know, face that and deal with that. So, you know, um, I, I commend you for, you know, having gone through that. And um, I know that wasn't easy. And, you know, all I can say is, you know, you are a strong woman. And so an example, because you are living today so that you can share your story. And the story is so profound that, my goodness, somebody listening to you, it's a lesson in itself of what not to do. 
So thank you. Thank you so much, but, Be Nasty. The, the reason, but, the but, reason but why psychologically like and emotionally, how did it affect you? Because that's a lot. Psychologically, it, it, okay, it affected me because it affected my kids. And psychologically, and psychologically considering my circumstances, I, went, I stopped to fight injustice. I filed charges against the judge. Then I turned around and ended up in prison. Huh. And then it's bad when you hear people tell you, leave it alone because it's not, you're going to die. So it's like, okay, if I have mm. to, in order for me to stay here for my kids and still be on this earth to make sure my kids get grown, I have to stop fighting for justice just to mm. stay alive. So now you're stuck for the record that you can't do nothing about and you can't get a decent job and you can't get certain things because because you were trying, trying to fight for justice. And I hear it's harder on women than it is, is on men. What, what do you say to that? Well, yeah, yeah, it is harder on women in prisons than it is in men. Like, we don't have to deal with each other killing each other. We have to deal with the disrespect and everything coming from the guards. Like, men, because they're men, the guards take them seriously. Now, like, they'll shut them down and tase them and be like, okay, because the men will overpower the guards and kill the guards. But mm-hmm. in the That's what's going on in Rikers right now, yeah. Right, but in but when it comes down to females, the females don't really fight amongst each other for real, for real, because you got to worry about the guards. He's feeling some kind of way. Like one girl, um, the guard, when I was locked up, he turned around and took her head. She was sitting at the table in the lunchroom, and because she said something, he didn't like, he took her head and smashed it the table, threw the head open. Mm. I oh had one God. guard talk, tell me if I spoke to him again, and you know I'm from the south, so I say hey to everybody. But he and I was and I forgot what I said to him. He said if I speak to him again, he was gonna slap the shit out of me. For speaking. For speaking. Yeah. Which is and a right, a human right. Right, and then the um, captain, she she referred to everybody as inmate, inmate, inmate. Now I have a name. I'm not your slave. I'm not a dog. I'm not a, you know what I'm saying? Because my name, my number is on there, but you don't even call me inmate 109376. You say inmate, do this. Inmate, do that. Inmate, why are you late? First of well, all, D-Nasty, I'm late because D-Nasty. this guard just told me to do something else. Hey, hey, hey D-Nasty, while you was incarcerated, yes. just like I was incarcerated, what were you? You were an inmate, so it's not like it's characteristic of no, you but it, it, it's not the fact period. of no but listen you were an inmate. it's not the fact of this it's not the fact of, of me being called inmate it's how she did it like if i'm going to like if i'm i'm at my job because you know we do have certain jobs if i'm on my job you don't know my job because you're the captain you come around why isn't this done why is that first of all that's not my job to do what you're just telling me why isn't this done that's not my job and you're only doing that to try to make the, um, because you're in front of the war in. I seen them turn around, and this one girl, she didn't want to, she didn't want to get a shot of something. When I turned, I told you, and I sat there, because I worked in medical, I watched eight guards jump on this girl, just one girl. Uh-huh. Say what? Where was this at? Where were you incarcerated at? That was, that was in Tutwiler. Say what? Yeah, they jumped on this one girl. She started the guard. The guard jumped in her face, and basically one thing led to another. The guard put her hands on her, so the girl, her and the girl, went to fight. And next thing you know, eight guards came down. Why she hang? Why they? Why she on the ground? They still beating her. 
Wow. And there's no recourse. The there's hole. nothing you can do about things like that. No, there's, there's, there's nothing you can, no, you can do about it. Especially not in today's slightest bit. <laughs> what are you saying, so? I said there's nothing that there's not nothing that you can do in the slightest bit. Support what? Nigga, this shit never happened. Wow. Even if you tell even if you tell your family, if you tell your find, family, they bring you up on additional charges, which makes your time longer, and then you now you got a harder time. Wow. So people be lying the when they say that they work that. on their case while they're in there. Is that a lie? No, no you can work. No, on, no, 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 you can work, work on your case. Definitely. They got the law library. You can work on your case. But it depends on the jail, too, because some of them don't want you to work on your case. Some of them will stop you from going to the law library. So you have to sneak and get somebody else to work on your case for you. I mean, I, don't wow. know, I, wasn't, incarcer- I, wasn't, I wasn't incarcerated in SLA, Pennsylvania, anywhere like that. You know what I mean? I was in Sing Sing and Clinton. You know what I mean? So it is what it is. You know what I mean? So and then you're I, able and, to work on your case all day long. Can I can I can I can I just ask something? So was yeah, the CEO's yeah, real nasty? Was, was the C, was the CEO's real nasty when you were in Sing Sing? I went to Sing Sing on a oh, visit, no. on a visit, and them CEOs were nasty. Nigga, my nigga, those niggas is straight retarded, God. Like, listen to me, I couldn't wait to get out of Sing Sing for them to send me up to Clinton, because it was either Clinton or Danamora, and I was like, oh, please yeah. send me to Danamora, send me to Clinton, please send me to Clinton. And they sent me to Clinton. I was like, yes, I got the I got the fuck out of Sing Sing. And it was like, because Sing Sing is straight bonkers, my nigga. It's bonkers. Niggas is straight retarded, my nigga. Straight up and down. There's nothing to discuss. There's nothing to discuss. Those those those, those CEOs are just retarded. It's like, they come in to yeah, work. They come in to work. Ready to go retarded. And when you were trying to bring them back down to earth, like I told them, I told them off top, and maybe because I was bold, they didn't come at me as much as they went at other people. Because I told them at the end of the day, when I see you on the street, when I get out of here, and you on the street, you're not in, you're not in a uniform, you're in a job, you are a civilian. You're not gonna remember who I am, but I'm gonna remember who you are. Mm-hmm. And that's what mm-hmm. the guards and the prisons for guilty realize. Eventually, some of them inmates getting out. Because you see so many inmates, you nasty to all of them. When the one come at you on the street, now your family mourning, they got to plan your funeral because you fucked over the wrong person. You hit the wrong person, mm-hmm. not realizing that person going to get out one day, and you got to meet him eventually on the street. But what they forget to realize is like an elephant. If you saw me and you done bust my head open, eventually... When I see you again, I will remember what you did to me, but because you done did it, you don't even remember me. You don't know who the hell I am. So you like, do I know you? Yeah, nigga, I know. Yeah, you remember your scar right here, nigga? You did this. Boom. Hands down. Hands down. Uh. Hands down. And, for, and, and like, they don't even, and half of them, you, they don't even know if you their neighbor. They mama might, you might, they mama might be their neighbor. So now you going to your mama's house uh-huh. and you see the same guard and he don't even know you know where he live and now his whole family in jeopardy. Because they want to be assholes. Because they want to put the, they want to act like they they greater than thou. Well, they, 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 they hire people with a certain mentality. Say. You have to have a certain mentality to do that job. Because I, I've had two cousins that were COs, and they said they couldn't do it. It's just, you know, not human the way they treat people. And they left. They quit. They resigned. 
you know. They said because they can't treat people like that. Let me explain something to you, though. I have to say this to you. At the end of the day, though, there has to be a pecking order. There has to be rules and regulations that have to be followed. I cannot go, listen to me, when I'm, again, for the 15 years that I've been a warrant officer, serving fugitive warrants for the Broward County Sheriff's Office, again, you cannot be happy-go-lucky with people. You cannot, That's you right. have to, there has to be some kind of conformity. There has to be some unison. There has to be fucking order, period, point, blank. You cannot, these are not your fucking friends, number one. These niggas are in jail for a reason. You get what I'm saying to you? But it has so to. again, you don't but have it, to be no asshole. You don't have to be no asshole. You get what I'm saying? You don't have to be no asshole. But at the end of the day, though, like, look, I'm going to be easy breezy with that ass, but I'm going to let you know I will fuck you up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so okay. Just, but that's just like a mother and a child. That's just like a mother and a child. Your mother know. you already know, like, if you get out of line, your mama going to beat that ass, but she's going to respect you. Like, all right, Jeffrey, all right, who, all right. I'm silky. Now, if I got to tell you again, this is what it is. These are my rules and regulations. (laughs) But at the end of the day, they forget. It's about respect. Don't disrespect me. You don't want me to disrespect you. Don't disrespect me. I'm in here. For whatever reason, you don't even know whether I'm innocent or guilty. You're just already judging right. me because I'm in here. But, 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 yeah. but listen to me, though. Yeah. Listen, listen to yeah. what I'm saying to you. Listen to what I'm saying to you. Everybody. Right. Listen to what I'm saying to you. Listen to what I'm saying to you. At the end of the day, it doesn't fucking matter whether you're innocent or guilty. You are now Why in not? my house. I mean, because you're in my house now. It's okay. obvious okay. to a duck you're here for a reason. You're here for a reason. Whether innocent, my nigga, I was innocent when I was in jail. Everybody's fucking innocent, so get the fuck out of here. You understand what I'm saying to you? But again, Most people are overcharged. Day, well, Don't y'all agree well, with that? They, they overcharge people. Innocent until you prove it guilty. Well, yeah. Listen to me. Right, but see, that's what sound, they do is they give sound, you all this shit. That shit sounds good. That sounds good, you're innocent until proven guilty. It sounds real motherfucking good, but guess what? You're guilty until you're proven guilty or until you're proven innocent. And, and we exactly already know my you're because, guilty, guess what? Because I was already guilty, 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 guilty. You understand what I'm saying to you? Mm-hmm. So it's like, who cares? But again, as a CEO, as me being a police officer, I don't give a fuck what you did. It doesn't matter to me. You skip bail. I have to serve these warrants on that ass. I don't care what the fuck. Murder, drugs, gun. I don't give a fuck. My nigga, I got to eat. And but the more you people keep motherfucking skipping bail, nigga, I'm going to keep eating. So I don't okay. care yeah. nothing about nothing. That's, that's the problem with the system. Because the whole the whole thing is a setup. It's a setup. And I think it's a setup against black people and black families. So no, it's a modern-day slavery. Young lady, let me ask you this, young lady. You keep ahead, saying sir. that it's a setup. You're saying that it's a setup. How yeah. is it a setup? How is it a setup when niggas get up in the morning and go sell drugs? How is it a setup when niggas they, get up in the because, morning because and go murder somebody? A short, because, because of, the, because of the, the racism in our country. Because, you know, of how they treat black people. You know, it's it's very racist. It's very political. They put drugs in our neighborhoods, knowing that there's no way for a black man 
to support his family. And the possibility, I don't think black men are lazy. I just don't think that there's enough jobs available for them. Michelle, but where did the drugs come? Where did the drugs come from? How did drugs white even people. make it? This, the white people, the white people said that's that's part of the slavery. We don't have the means to bring drugs into this country, but the people who do, they make sure they they do. It's all about setting you up and keeping you down so they can well, be technically, up. It's a doggy dog world. Technically, young lady, we do have the means because before anybody knew about Pablo Escobar in Colombia and anything that's else, that's where like I was that, going. That's where I was going know, with that. Oh, you were going, you were going, you were going there, Malaga. That's, that's where I was going. Before, yeah. Before, because before, I mean, do you want to go and then I will finish after you? Do your thing. Nah, I'll go, go ahead, after you. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Because because before Pablo Escobar, listen to me. We used to motherfucking go ahead and go to Tijuana. We wasn't going to Tijuana to see the fucking donkey show. You understand what I'm saying to you? We was going into Tijuana, Mexico, taking off and bringing shit back. You understand? So we do have the resources to go ahead and go ahead and bring it in. You understand? It just so happened that Pablo Escobar found a better way and a cheaper way to bring the shit in here extra. So when I'm going to Mexico and I'm dropped by and these keys for 12, Pablo said, you know what? I'm going to do this. Now I'll give you a key for eight. Oh, shit, nigga. Let's do this. Well let me well let me well let me let me ask this um, let me just ask this question. I'm sorry to cut you off. Let me let me just ask this question. Does anybody think drugs was administrated by the government? Absolutely. Correct. Correct. Okay. See now see what you got to say about that. And she's gone? No, she's still here. Maybe maybe she maybe she went out for a second. Okay. Of course, listen to me. Again, again, nothing for nothing. Nothing for nothing. You know, your wifey, D-Nasty, I lived here for 15 years. Yo, Florida is the number one spot, okay? Yeah. Where cocaine, yeah. where cocaine, where cocaine lands. Anytime you get yeah. cocaine, it landed in Florida first before it got to the BX, my nigga. Period point blank. Miami. And there's nothing, there's, there's nothing to discuss. There's nothing to discuss. It landed in Miami, and that's that with the gold fast boats and all that other good shit. So it's like, so it's like, so, so nobody has, let's do it. Look, let's go but it's still a face. setup. It's still happened? a setup because black men are going to no, sell drugs, no and they're going to get caught, and it becomes a vicious, a vicious cycle. So now, so now, so now, how can it be? And, Young lady, how and, can it be a setup if you're taking the drugs and you're grabbing the drugs and you're buying the drugs? How can it be a setup if you're buying it? How, because they make it, them available. And, 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 and when men are frustrated and they don't know how to cope, and they gravitate towards drugs. Oh, my I Lord. I can't think of this woman's name. I can't think of this woman's name, but this fucking, oh, my Lord, what the hell is her name? Oh, Lord, I'm going to get it. But this fucking, this, this Cuban bitch. Was the biggest drug dealer bigger than Pablo? I know who you're talking about. I know who you're talking about. I can't figure this bitch's name right now. But this bitch is real. Yeah, I I know what you're talking about too. This bitch is a beast. Okay, so fuck out of here. Nah, fuck that. Yo, listen. When niggas want to eat, niggas is going to find a way to eat. Do you understand what I'm saying to you? It doesn't matter. It's decisions, it's choices that you make. But what drives so that choice? What you what what makes a person do something knowing that the possibility of getting locked up is there? You know I'm what hungry. makes what 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 I'm hungry. 
Yeah, but like I'm you just hungry. said, you said you said that you said that everything else is in abundance. You ain't got to sell drugs. So I'm asking Silky why sell drugs? Oh, that's oh, my question. Minute. Why Silky, do it? Silky never, Silky never said nothing was in abundance. Silky never said shit was in abundance. Well, you're saying that they they, they don't Silky. have to sell drugs. So you're saying that there's other opportunities. There's you're saying that they got options. There's always options. Yo, listen to me. Again, so, I, so answer the question, this, please, so. I say that I say this to you for only one reason. When I was coming up, again, you know, working at McDonald's and Burger King and White Castle was this fucking like, you stupid motherfucker. You're like, you know, you know what I mean? You're like, you, you, you're stupid. So the next thing was to steal cause or sell drugs. Because if you work right. at do you, McDonald's, do, do you think shit. that you think that the that jobs are abundant, and do you think you don't think that there's a disparity between blacks and whites, and the white when you go for a job and a white man goes for a job, you, who do you think gets it? It's it's even you know it's 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 weird you know even someone was saying to me recently, um, I was I was at a prison, and they were saying that some of the charges that a black man gets. A white man would never get. He wouldn't even be incarcerated for that's some factual. of the things that black that's men factual. get. That's get incarcerated for. That, that, that's factual. That's common. That's common. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That that so is that, factual. That's I mean, common. Mm-hmm. Hold on. Hold on. Let's bro. bring hold in another second. another caller, please. Hold on. Wait a second. Wait a second. But it, Go this ahead. goes back to what we were just talking about last night on my show about this about this dude who just shot up this school. I mean, now they're saying yeah. he might get the death penalty. But even with that, still, if it was a black person, person would have been dead already. They would have shot. On. He, they would have shot him, if he was black. Oh. He wouldn't. He wouldn't well, live to be talking about that shit. Hold on. Well, guys. check hold this on. out. How about how about how about this, how about this hot shit? Because I'm Muslim. How about this hot shit? What if it would have been an Arabic person? Guess what? It would have been an act of terrorism. But it's all terrorism, <laughs> That's right. That's regardless. Right. You understand what I'm saying to you? It's terrorism, regardless. Columbine, mm-hmm. terrorism. Connecticut, four, seven, terrorism. Four, four, four. Hold on, mm-hmm. so four, four seven four four. Go ahead. Um, hello everybody. This is Rain. Um, I I I just that I was I was with Shell like Soki. I wanted you to clarify how it is that you say jobs are in abundance because I grew up with people who unfortunately I now either dead or incarcerated themselves because. Depending on where you are, and just just based on being black alone, the system is set That's up against fine. you. Thank you. You you could go you could go through all twelve years of school, graduate, and still nobody mm-hmm. wants to hire you. Me being mm-hmm. a black female, me getting my first job was by the grace of God, to be honest, because everybody wanted you to have five and six and seven years of experience, and I'm like, well, how the hell am I supposed to get this experience if nobody wants to hire me? I would go to an interview, and they would guarantee me the job over the phone based on the way that I talk. But then when I got there and they realized my skin tone and my ethnicity, it was like, oh, we feel some, we found somebody to fill the position. And I was yeah, like, well, why did you call me here if you found somebody to fill the position? Mm-hmm. I agree with you, Rain. Did anybody ever read True to the Game? Did anybody read that book, True to the Game? Yeah, we actually watched the movie on it not too long ago. Mm-hmm. I know, Rain, I know Terry Woods personally. Oh, Rain, you asked me a question. I never said mm-hmm. that there was an abundance of anything about jobs, like I just told the young lady, Shelly. I never said there was abundance of nothing. What I said was, there are jobs out there. You just got to go find them. And it's not, and listen to me, 
Nobody realizes and understands how hard it is to get a job. That's number one. But number two is everybody is sitting here on this goddamn computer and on their phones. Nobody walks down the block and stops in That's every single store and says, and store, hey, let me true. get this, let me get that, let me get this. And then, and then I'm going to hear the story that you're going to tell me. Oh, well, they say, oh, go on, the, go on the Internet and then apply there. I don't have time for all of that nonsense like that, Dad. You already know, Rain. I don't deal with computers. You but then they're going to tell you, so you if like, you don't, got... if you're not willing to comply to what their 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 requirements are, then you won't get the job. I've been. Right. I have a I have a res- my resume. My resume, my resume is impeccable. My resume is That I was an at-home mother lady. for a while, but then when I decided, okay, I'm going to go back into the job force. You know how many places I actually walked into and was like, oh, I'd like to fill out an application. Oh, fill out the application wow. online. And mm-hmm. I filled out the application online. Kept getting called. Kept getting called back. But again, they that goes back just to what I just said to you, baby. You just said online. That the, nobody wants. Nobody wants to handle a piece of no, paper No, you have any some longer. places that still accept paper applications. But once you go drop that no. paper application off, they look at you right then and there and determine if they're gonna pull your application and throw it in the trash. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You, mm-hmm. you, like, you, you like It's, it's a very visual society. But very visual. But visible. again, but again. All I know, all I simply know is this here, young lady, is this here, and this for everybody right here. If you believe it, you achieve it. If you want it, go get the shit. So there's no stories and there's no conversation about nothing. You understand what I'm saying? She's like, I don't, I can't, I can't sit, I can't sit here and feel sorry for nothing to nobody if they're not trying and going and doing something to change it. You understand what I'm saying, dude? And listen to me. And look, 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 look. I put a chew, I put a chew, I put a chew like this. Got to Florida, came a police officer, and I said, damn, you know what, left the BX. Oh, snap, you know what, there are things that I need to do somewhere else because I know in the BX it wouldn't get done. Florida, I think it was more easier to do it, not as far as being a police officer, but other things. And I was like, you know what, so you know what Silky did? Silky started a Girl Scout troop with his wife. Silky, let me bring on, let me bring on my next oh, guest, oh, please. No, no, no we got right. to Gotta go to break, so everybody that's all they thought. Gotta go to break. Okay, all right. Let's 
but they blow them horns like cold train. Still I cry tears of a hustler, white tears from my mother, pull out beds for our brothers. That's the bubbles, make beds for the babies, suck kids under covers, buy cribs for their mothers. Shit, I probably be wildin' with their father, tell them robbing, tell them Nashman that I'm riding for a father. That's like my brother, like same mother, different father. Any problems, dog, know I got it. And still we grind from the bottom just to make it to the bottom, so crackin' the alleyway. Still gave back Marcy and Dollar Day. Real gangsters make hood holiday. They ain't vengeance, but we still pay homage, man. So cool, sunny, lookin' like Big Mama's man. Tell the gang I never break my promise, man. Man. Okay, hello everybody and welcome back to the show. For anybody who has called in, if you want to chime in on the conversation, you could always feel free to press 1. Anybody listening live, if you want to call in, the number is 619-924-9799. Shell, it's back to you. Yes, good evening everybody. Welcome back. Um we're discussing the effects of incarceration, and um, Silk, you know, would you you were um, elaborating about, you know, what you think about why people, you know, wind up incarcerated, and that you feel like there is no reason why a black man should not just, you know, stay on his grind, get a job, and go to work, and then you don't have to be incarcerated. See, look, my whole thing is, listen to me, my thing is this here, if I wasn't incarcerated. And, again, what, what, Okay, day, so let, let me I ask change, you the question. I change, I change, okay, yes, ma'am. What, what, you don't have to say yes, ma'am, to me, please. <laughs> anyway, so I'm saying, what led, what led you down that road? You know, what happened in your life, you think, in the self, you know, that being led in, you? Being in the South Bronx. Being in the South Bronx, niggas on the block. And, and what was like your that. childhood like? I think everything that happens to us, it happens to us in our childhood when we were young. Was how we raised, my, I, you know. My mother was I, a, I, my mother was a crackhead, and that's that. My mother was a crackhead, and that's that. And you know. So and where I was your dad? Where was the where was the man in your life? I don't know where that nigga was at. He was where he was at. Where he was was okay. what he was. And this is why I'm the father that I am today. You understand what I'm saying? Okay. This is why I'm the father I am today. So. But he was but he was. So that's that. But again, you know. And yeah, had like, you ever met your dad? Did you have? Of course. Oh, no, 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 no. Listen to me. Me and my pops, we ran across each other here and there. And then in, and in 2007, mm-hmm. literally, in 2000, literally, we sat down in the laundromat on the Grand Concourse. He put $100 in quarters. We never looked at each other, never locked eyes or nothing. And he just sat there and told the nigga, yo, I'm fucked up. I ain't shit. I ain't worth shit. Never going to be shit. Sorry that I did you like that and that, that. And so from that point on, I started talking to my pops after that. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying to you? But it just is what it is, though. You feel me saying? But by that time, shit, a nigga damn near 40 shots. You know what I mean? <laughs> but, it's like, but at least you, you had an exchange <laughs> exactly. you know, with him. And, and yeah, I'm sure you have a better understanding of what was going on with him at the time. Everybody has a story. And there's no of perfect course. parent, okay? And you see that you have children, you say, I have a child. You know, they don't, yes, you know, it's cliche to say, but none of them come with a manual. And every child is different. And, you know, and it takes a village to raise children. You cannot raise children alone. Listen you know? to me. Nowadays, 
is not a fucking diligent site, my nigga. That's number one. Number yeah, two that's is, right. The village is going. Because because guess what? You fucking yell at somebody's kid, niggas is trying to fight you now. That's right. Back in yes, the day, back in the day, yeah. back in the day your, your neighbor could kick your kid's ass. You come home, kick your kid's ass, right. and everything's easy right. breezy. Everybody's calling you up. When you did bad stuff in the, yeah. back in the day, everybody was on you. Exactly. Now that shit don't happen no more. But you know who but I like? I, the, you know, the, the two people I want to hear from is, is CJ. You know, I want to hear from people, you know, this evening who have had experience. Like I said, this is a very broad subject. Everybody can chime in. You know, we have people here who mothers and fathers were incarcerated. And how did that make you feel as a as a young person? You know, I'm well, sure I'm, that well, your feelings ran well, deep. You, you were very much well, in your well, feelings. Well, before I say anything, I believe D-Nasty was trying to say something. Go ahead, D-Nasty. Listen, I, me living in the South, certain things are different than the North. You know what I'm saying? Like, I've been, I've seen girls in jail, you know, like, I me, mean, I went to prison for a bounce check. Um, got a girl, she was in the North, and she wrote a bad check in Alabama, like, 20 years prior, for $7 worth of work, and she was bouncing for $7. Put some worship to feed her kids, they extradited her and made her do, uh, she had to sit in jail 30 days before she could see the judge. And then after that, the judge gave another 30 days. For $7 bounce check. And how was her first offense? Yeah, how much? Only ever offense. How much did he not Seven dollars. You said seven. Seven. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Yo, (laughs) get the fuck out of here. Listen, I don't know if a homegirl, um, she's still in line or not, because I bought her, she's from Alabama too. It's a different world over there. And all of this shit is on public record. They put you in jail for a bounce check. What's supposed to be a misdemeanor, you might do seven, two, three, four years in the county jail because they can give you a year for each check. Seven, seven dollars, seven. But that's yeah. But you know what? It's believable because I yeah. Wasn't that on a wasn't a wasn't a story similar to that where where they put it on the news and I think it was for like five dollars or something like that. I don't know, but seven dollars they extradited her. Charged her the extradition fee, which is eight hundred and something dollars. So now she got to sit in jail at twenty five dollars a day to cover the extradition charge plus the bounce check fee plus the seven dollars. Yeah, anyway, listen to me. Let's let's. When, hold on, can I say something? Can I say something real quick? See, and the funny let's thing get, is, let's get, get back to reality. Let's get back to reality. The young lady, the young lady who at sixteen, who at sixteen, who was sex trafficked and killed her pimp. And now she was doing jail time, and now she just got out of jail. But she spent 15 years in jail. She got her, actually, I'm, I'm lying. I think she spent like 10, 12 years in jail. But after killing her pit because she was sex trafficked. So it's like, that's reality. That's real. And how the hell do you go to jail for murder when you're killing a nigga that, you know what, I'm sick of you. That was victimizing you. That was victimizing you. Like, listen to me. Yeah. Cool, listen to me. People don't realize at the end of the day. So, oh, I'm so sorry. Go ahead. Do your thing, all. 
Now I was saying you talking about the Spanish. Was she Spanish or black? I know. I know the story you refer. Yeah, she was a black. It's a black, she it's was black, Spanish. It's a, it's a black chick. It's a black chick. Yeah, you know what I mean. Listen to me. At the end of the day, self defense is not a crime. But Silky, and nobody you know understands that. Silky, 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 we know that don't exist. Look at Trayvon Martin. No, no. Wait, first and foremost, first and foremost, he wasn't self nothing. He wasn't self defense in nothing. That fucking fuck boy just fucking ran up on him thinking that he's his own entity and he was nothing. And again, don't even worry about it. At the end of the day, a dog has their day. And that motherfucking fat nigga will have his day. You understand what I'm saying to you? Yes. But again, let's look at Amadou Diallo. All he, do is, all he did was pull out his wallet. You understand? In the Bronx. All he did was pull out his wallet. Yo, let me see your ID. You pull out a wallet 46 times. You know what I'm saying? What about the nigga in the QB? Right? What about the nigga in the QB? Oh, he was fucking sleeping. You know what I mean? About to get married in fucking six hours. Yeah. You get what I'm saying to you? Like, like, listen to me. There's always a story. There's always something. There's always something. There's always something. There's always something. Again, we're here to serve and protect. But we're not here and we're not serving and protecting nothing any longer. You're just here. We're just here so that you can see us. Do you understand what I'm saying to you, girl? You feel what I'm saying to you? It's like, yeah, I'm a cop, so that's it. I can do that. I can do what I want to do when I want to do. And like I've always told individuals, you cannot take a motherfucker from Long Island who's born and raised in Long Island and have him patrol the motherfucking BX or Brooklyn or Queens or Manhattan. You need niggas from the BX to control Brooklyn. You need niggas from Brooklyn to control to patrol Queens. You understand what I'm saying to you? Like, like everybody, like you have to know what's going on, so that you know who to say something to and who not to say something to. Niggas in Long Island coming into the BX and the BK and the QB and Manhattan. Guess what? It's not gonna work out because they're not used to what we do and how we maneuver. God, you feel me? Mm-hmm. It can't mm-hmm. happen. But this, but this can is what I, can they I just say? Go ahead. Who's that? Rain? Uh, no, this is this would be nasty, but I have my friend on the line. Good. Her name is Tree. She wants to speak. How you doing, Tree? Welcome to the Good show. Hey, hello, Tree. Hi. Give me just one Hi. second. I'm Good in work. Listen. I'm all right. With with be nasty. I can verify that, like the southern justice system is crap because yeah it's possible that you can go to prison for a a kick and my sentence was I was going to prison for my first offense for theft of property but the judge decided he wanted to give me 88 years versus it's people that was in our prison system that killed somebody maliciously killed another black person maliciously and they did three years Mm. For something way I need, worse I need that judge. <laughs> I need that judge. I, I know for a fact a couple people did three years in prison for murder. And when I went up for my sentences, he, sentencing, he was trying to give me 88 years for just credit card theft. Ain't nobody got time and for that. And, and if you don't mind me asking, what state is that in? If you don't mind me asking, what state was in that? In Alabama. In Montgomery, Alabama. Sure. 
Well, listen to me. Listen to me. You got to realize Alabama, Florida, them niggas is giving out football jersey numbers. So it's just that's just that's that simple. That's what they do. They yeah, give but out football jerseys. The that's unfair that's because it's so so many. I have a couple friends that kids have ADD. They are autistic, and they really don't have the mentality for the things that they do. But our justice system don't care that you have any mental problems. They're going to see you. That's right. They don't. They don't care what your history is, what your background is. That's right. They don't care about. Some people don't need prison. They need help. help. Some people need help. They don't need prison. They don't. And they clump them all together, especially the mentally ill. Yeah. Yes, they do. But to me, to me again, I don't want to cut nobody off. To me, myself, to Chuck personally, again, not to play the race card, but to me, I feel like that only happens to the black people because the white people yeah. with mental illness, it's probation, it's house arrest, it's they, it's mm-hmm. they, 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 they get away with it because they're mentally ill. But us colored people, we not get they, they, they don't give a shit about none of that. Like I gotta. I got a friend who robbed the store, and he's serving a life sentence in prison right now. And mm. his mother was saying, you know, because he had a he had a behavioral problem, and she said the same thing. You know, he doesn't need jail; he need he needs help. But they didn't give a fuck yeah. about none of that. They don't care about that. My my son, he needs help, not prison. Okay. So can I ask you a quick? Can I ask well, you a question? We have though? a judge. Uh oh. Uh-huh. Are we gonna just take and ask a question to everybody here? Are we always gonna? Are we gonna always using that excuse that if it's black person they are gonna get this, if it's white person they are gonna get that? Are we just reality? No, 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 no. You got to, you got, you got to, you got to go do your homework on that. Can I, can I, can I finish? Yeah, it's not enough black people that speaking up about that. Can I finish? Listen, all I'm simply saying is that we not, we can't always keep doing that if it's a black person, it's a white person. How about this hot shit? Don't go the fuck out there and do nothing fucking stupid, retarded. You understand? Don't fucking get the fuck out of here. Don't go rob nobody. Don't go do shoot nobody. Don't go sell oh drugs. Don't do nothing. Come on, like, don't do oh, nothing. Listen, first of all, you know it's going to always come up as black and white when you got a white boy oh, who's going to kill three people so and correct. he can't turn around and say white privilege because he didn't you know no so better because he was never taught so that he's going to get consequences. Yes, you are right. You oh, are like, not, again, I'm on board. I'm on board with you, but I don't want to keep hearing about black white shit. Nigga, just don't no, go the fuck like out. Saying, and well, do we that have shit. a white judge down here, and his his nephew molested, molested a family member, and he only got probation and a slap on the hand. They sent him to some kind of farm. Versus, if you just think about sexually offensing someone, and you're black in in Alabama still. You're oh, going to prison, but the judge, the judge's relatives. I don't know about any because I, I live in Alabama. I'm, I've been living in Alabama thirty years. I know how our system is, and I know that it's plenty of judges here that their family members get off because of what their status is in the community. That's why the fuck I'm in the I'm going to raise in the Bronx, and I don't ever go to Alabama. I can't spell Alabama. Okay, get that shit together. Silky can't spell Alla motherfucking Bama. But then Silky needs to watch his mouth according to certain things. Oh, fuck out of here. You better suck on Silky's mouth. That bullshit that you talk. Okay, no, no, no. Not today. Not today, guys. No, not today, guys. It's, I'm, I'm, 
I don't care You're where talking you to me. I'm going to bring up two experiences that Chuck and I have been through together with our children in the car just based off the fact that we were black. And I drive a mini. I don't drive no fancy car. I do- drive a Dodge Caravan. At the time the first incident happened, I drove a Chrysler Town & Country, a minivan. We were headed home from my mother's house for the holiday. We had just celebrated the holiday with her. We were headed home, meaning we were driving from Pennsylvania to New York. We got about maybe 45 minutes to my mother's house and got pulled over by the cops. Home. And where is home? I mean, they asked him, what does he do for a living? Where is home? 
fuck uh, out of here. You ain't got to worry about it. You got to answer those questions. Third part. This is on the New Jersey Turnpike. coming from this place? Took him out of On the Turnpike. This is on the New Jersey Turnpike, bro. On the Turnpike, bro. He was feet away from the back of the car. One of them was questioning him. Another one caught him to the window and was asking me questions. And I'm like, everything that he's telling you is valid. Oh, where are you from? Where were you born? I'm like, why is this? Any, why is any of this information necessary? That's crazy. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta take the last. Hold on, you gotta take the last break. We gotta take the last break. Oh. We'll be right back. Another lesson learned Better know 
Okay, and we are back. Yeah. This has been very interesting, this conversation, but I, um, just for, you know, the information and the wealth of knowledge that you all are sharing tonight, you know, some of it is very horrific to hear that children were involved in terms of what you were just talking about, Rain. It's very disheartening to hear stories like that. But it is, it is true that it's being experienced because you just shared your story. You're proof of that. You know? But I wanted to get back to the nasty and the guest that she did. Because I wanted to, um, again, commend you, well, including you, Silk, who has now regained your life after childhood. What is that noise? I think you nasty to drive. I think you nasty driver. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm putting my seatbelt. My bad. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, because you think the young the young lady nasty. Yeah, my friend Tracy. In your life, could you share with the audience, with the listening audience? Um, how you did that, and what kind of tools uh, would you would you share? What is, what what did you do? Okay. Conservation. Okay. Well, Teresa's no longer with us, as far as on the line. But um, when I got out of prison, I was sleeping on floors. They gave me ten dollars. All I had was ten dollars in the clothes that they gave me to walk out of prison with. I went sleeping on floors, trying to figure out what to do. Ended up getting my social security, which helped me out, and then, which then by me moving, migrating up here, it gave me a second chance. When you move to a place like New York, New Jersey, where everybody go to jail for whatever reason, and they don't mind giving you a second chance, then you can make something. Because once you get a record down there, it's hard to get a job. It's hard to survive. Hey, D Nasty, can I say something to you? You got ten dollars when you got out of jail, nigga. When I left Rikers Island, I got three fifty, my nigga. I bought a forty and got on the train. And that was it. But look how, how much nigga. older you Well, you older than me. $10. Ten dollars, nigga. That's that's it. <laughs> Still ain't but no money. But, but, but look at none of that money. But look how look when you that's get there. Look at what you and look at me. Ten dollars is probably equivalent to one fifty back in the day. Uh-huh. So go ahead, um, Gina. You'll be lucky if you buy a Ford in the pack of cigarettes, because when I got out, <laughs> gas was $5, gas was $5 a gallon. The hell? But, um, because I just got out in 2010. Okay. So, you know, but because I had education before I went in, that's the only thing that helped me survive when I got out. Because I was able to put my um, education to use, but then I learned a lot more legal ways. And then there are ways, like, they got vocational rehab, which does help ex-felons and stuff get, go back to school and find jobs. But the only reason I am where I'm at, I am now, is basically through the blessings of God. Because my home, because my friend Trees, the one that was on the phone, she's still kind of halfway struggling. If it wasn't for her social security check and her son going to the military, you know, she wouldn't have considered she has lupus. Mm. So she goes back and forth in the hospital. So, yeah. And I know people that still haven't come around it. Like, um, there was another one that stayed up, a female that stayed up with me. We were friends. 
she got out. Um, she got caught up on the murder charge and ended up doing four years. And I tried to help her out, and she still can't get it together. There are people who, after being incarcerated, they can't get it together because their mind is so screwed up. Yeah. And the fun, and the funny thing about it is there are days I have to fight myself and tell myself, you know what, continue fighting, continue doing this. Because my, my daughter tell you, there are plenty of days I'd be like, you know what, it was easy for me in prison. I might well go on back. At least I got three hot meals in the car and I ain't got to worry about these bills or, or this rent or nothing. So you wouldn't go back to you wouldn't go back to jail, be nasty. Because now you Man, have your children, your what, grandchildren. You have a life. But the thing about know. it is, is once it's, it's once they take your freedom and you become partially institutionalized or institutionalized, when you get out, and that's why they do it that way. When you get out, it's harder to live on the outside once you get out than it is prior to you going in. Because yeah. now you can't get public yeah. housing. Now you some in some cases you can't get food stamps. You can't get anything. And God forbid you caught a dope charge, you can't get nothing. Uh, so, so what would you like to know say? Go back I don't know what D Nancy's talking about food stamps, nigga, because Donald Trump is about to take away food stamps and y'all niggas is getting blue aprons. <laughs> y'all niggas is about to get boxes. Guess what? If he take away food stamps, the price of food will go If he no, if he take away food stamps, the price of food will drop. Because what the average American don't know is the government pay farmers millions and billions of dollars each year to underfarm and and to destroy their crops. And what the average American don't know is that it's more crackers on welfare than niggas or Puerto Ricans or anybody else. That's what the average American don't know, my nigga. No, my child, I know. know. It's crackers on Hell, welfare, welfare more was, than black people, period. Welfare, listen, welfare was started for them, not us. Of course, it was built for them, welfare, not for us at all. Exactly. Exactly. That's mm-hmm. what it was for. I remember, listen to me, I have one of my ladies that I call every Saturday morning. That's down with my Grammy Dookie. You know what I mean? God bless her. Alhamdulillah. Listen to me. There's a lady that lives in the building, a white chick. Used to have her fucking welfare. Food stamps in New York, in Harlem. She used to go to Pennsylvania, get her welfare out there. You feel me? Try that shit now, nigga. You going to jail for a federal crime. I'm going to get us a rap. <laughs> Well, we're talking about the 60s and 70s, you know what I mean? But, again, it's more white people on welfare than it is black folks. So don't ever let anybody let anybody believe that it's black folks all on the welfare. Nah, nigga. Fuck out of here. Nobody wants to hear your fucking conversation, D-Nasty. Mute your shit. Oh, sorry, Adam. Sorry, I just went to another job. I went from one job to another. Sorry. Fuck out of here. Mute that shit. And I was talking to a female. Mute the motherfucker, Chuck. Mute the motherfucker. Mute the motherfucker, Chuck. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna mute her. Um, I ain't fucking with you, nigga. I ain't fucking with you, God. Not fucking with you, God. I tell you, I tell you, we're not doing this today. I tell you, we're not. Silky, I know you ain't talking. What are you talking about? I know 
Well, you ain't talking about this yesterday. You were sitting there hollering at your son in the back. No, no, no. Let's say it to the subject at hand. I need a finger, Mish or James. Say it to the subject at hand. Shelly, where do you want to go with the show now? Well, like I said, you know, I was like trying to get a little feedback, you know, All right, from you me. and Rain and you know, and D Nasty in terms of, you know, how did it feel to, you know, have a mother, you know, or a father. Oh, okay. You know. well, can I go first? Yes, ma'am. Yes, yeah, Ms. Rain. Why not, not Mouthful Money? Don't say why yes, not? ma'am. Don't say yes, ma'am. You know what saying, man? Um <laughs> No, uh, it was hard because I, 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 I grew up having both parents in and out of prison. Uh. I, my dad um, went to prison when I was five. He was in prison a whole seven years. So the next time I met him, I think I was 12, 13. How did that make you feel? Um, did you, it was, did you go it was see hard him? growing up because huh? I went from seeing, huh? I went from being around my grandparents and my brothers and sisters and my cousins and everything on my dad's side um, on a regular basis and not communicating with them at all um, to not knowing my dad at all. Like, and my dad, and it, it's to the point where now me and my dad don't have a relationship at all because... Mm. He still wants to try to put rules on me and give me and t- treat me as if I'm the same five year old little girl that he left behind, and that little girl is long and gone. That little girl had to learn things, certain things the hard way. Wow, um, you so aggravated? Why you so Why you so angry, woman? You the mad rapper right now? Huh? Why you so aggravated? Why you so aggravated? I'm not I get that you that ain't. Sounds like I'm you aggravated because right now I'm scrubbing nail polish off my son. <laughs> oh Lord, now your son, now your son got nail polish. What the fuck you got going on over there? Okay, nevertheless, nevertheless, keep it moving. <laughs> 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 you pushing. Keep it pushing. Uh-huh. Keep it pushing. Okay. Okay, CJ, so, um, CJ, what what effect did it have on you? Well, let me see. For me, like I said me and my father, me and my father's relationship has always been has always been an on and off thing. You know, for the most part I could say he was there, he did what he he did what he could. You understand what I'm saying? I'm not gonna you know, it it's awkward because him and I live right around the corner from each other, literally. I mean and we barely we barely speak as it is. And I mean, after after being back up this way for X amount of time, me and him we we tried to rekindle things, you know, try to try to spend time trying to work things out. And it got to the point where we started to get close again. There was an incident where he where he turned around and got locked up all over again. Mm-hmm. So it took a it took a toll it took a toll on me because it kind of made me think back like, okay, well, it it kind of was like deja vu kind of. And mm-hmm. how, I, how I was thinking about it was. And it was somebody I was having this conversation with. I said, I don't try to pull myself as close now as I did before because I don't mm-hmm. want to pull myself all over again. And the same shit turns around and happens again. You know, shit, after so many times, it's a redundant pattern with, you know, with so many different, with so many different things. I mean... I'm not going to make no excuses for him. He did what he did. He had to get it however he knew how to get it, and I guess that's what he did. 
you know, so kudos to him for that. Like I said, it wasn't it wasn't the greatest, it wasn't the baddest. It's just I don't see myself, you know what I'm saying, just pulling closer, pulling closer and pulling closer because I really feel like I'm setting myself up for failure. We yeah, do have a call a- in queue. We do have a call in queue also. Okay, uh, well, let's see if you Go ahead. Go ahead, and then um, I'll bring the call in. Okay. Um, so, it's kind of, my story is kind of similar as far as my father went. He did, he was out there living young, wild, and free, because, unfortunately, at, he started at the age of 15 having children, so he was out the gate fresh. By the age of Are you 15, the oldest? Are you children. the oldest, right? No, I'm the second oldest. My sister's three months older than me. Wow, okay. Yeah. So, in present time, my dad has, if I'm not mistaken, eight children. None of us have the same mother. But that's neither here nor there. No, like, so he was out here living young, wild, and free. Even after prison, he was so institutionalized. It was crazy. It was not somebody that I could build a relationship with because mm-hmm. he still had the mind frame that he was dealing with inmates and that he had to protect himself at all costs. There was Mm -hmm. one incident where we were around my father having dinner, and something triggered him, and he flipped, started cussing, throwing things and everything else, like he was in the middle of a prison cell. Um, And so from there, I started to kind of remove myself because I realized I could not be around that kind of behavior, let alone attempt to build a relationship with somebody if they're not willing to get the help that they need to come out of that type of behavior. Um, Jumping forward, when my mother ended up in prison, my mother was in prison three years, but she was, during that time period, she was in and out of jail quite a bit. Um, But the longer she, the, the, the most devastating thing that took a toll on me and my siblings was when she went to prison for the three years that she went to prison for. And the crazy thing was she ended up in prison for something she didn't even do. Um, she was just with the wrong people at the wrong place at the wrong time. Um, when she went to prison, that was hard because we lost everything. Um, she had just bought a house. And two, like two weeks after she went to prison, the house got burned down to the ground. Um, so we ended up being moved from Alabama back to Miami to go live with my grandmother, who um, is a very sickly. Um, and it was it was different for her. It was a lot because at the time I was uh, at the time I was what fourteen, maybe fifteen. So it was a lot on my grandmother. She didn't know what to do with teenagers. Mm-hmm, she didn't mm-hmm. know. She barely knew what to do with my two younger siblings because my grandmother hadn't had actual children in her house since my mother moved out of the state of Florida, and that was when I was nine years old. So it was really different because I didn't really know my grandmother anymore like that. She didn't know what to. I mean, we talked on the phone every day, but actually physically living with somebody and talking to them is, on daily is different. So it was a lot of adjustment, and I and, and at the time. I had so much animosity and so much resentment towards my mother, and then it turned around and it became towards my grandmother at the same time because my grandmother was thinking about it from how she was dealing with it opposed to how we were dealing with it. Like, at that time, I was I had just got into high school, so there was things I was looking for my mother to teach me and walk me through 
that she wasn't there for. And I had nobody to walk me through that stuff. So a lot of that stuff I had to learn on my own because here it is, my father's fresh out of prison, but he's institutionalized. And so it's not like I could go to him for him to guide me. And my mother's not around because she's in prison, so she's not there to guide me. And my grandmother graduated school I don't know how many decades ago, so she has no clue. Mm-hmm. Not to mention she had had um, she had just came out of the hospital um, from a minor stroke, so she was recovering. It was a lot. I went through a, a heavy time period, a heavy thing during that time period. And what it was made it even worse was I didn't realize the grief that my mother was going through when she got out of prison. I had a conversation with my mother, and I, I, I knowing. Now, why she did it, why she said what she said, I could understand because she, no parent really wants to admit to their child, especially a child child, that they're struggling. So, yeah. like, I spoke to my mother, and she was saying how she was doing so great and whatever, whatever. And I'm like, well, good, I'm coming with you. I hate it here. Mm. So, um, I got on the, I got somebody to buy me a bus ticket, and I was on the first thing smoking to, to my mother, not knowing that. How old were you? How old were you? Um, I I had just turned 15. Wow. So I jumped on a Greyhound bus to my mother, not knowing that she was homeless and sleeping on floors. Like, so it was like something that I went through with my mother, but I learned a lot during that time period. Um, To a certain extent, I, I was the drive that made my mother actually come out of the slump and the institution institution mentality that she had because she'll tell she'll tell you if she was still on here. To a certain extent if it, if I hadn't have gotten if I hadn't have came to her and gave her that extra drive, she probably would have ended back up in prison because she was having such a hard time adjusting outside of those bars. Wow. Because nobody was cutting her a break. Mm-hmm. Let me grab wow, this other something rain. Wow. Let me grab this other call. Yeah. Go ahead. I'll All right. 8434, you're on Conversations with Shelly. Hi, how are you? Hello. Let's speak up. Everybody's fine. Yeah, how are you? Yeah, but when you go to jail, it affects everyone. Everyone in your family gets affected. It affects everyone. Everyone gets affected. Your children, your spouse. It's a hurt. It's a, I got to stand up and I got to do a lot. You know, how do you explain to your children? Why you, why, why is the other person is in jail? It's very hard. It's not easy. Nothing easy about it. Because you have to stay sane even when you don't want to. You know, it's very, very hard. How do you explain to your child why that person is in jail? What are they in jail for? Was it worth what they did for them to go to jail? Are they ever going to come home? How do you tell that to your child? Let me just ask one question. In retrospective, and this and this is to anybody, this is just an in general question. This is not just for 8434 specifically. Do you think it's better just to tell your? I mean, I know you just said 
you know, how do you tell your child? But do you think it's better to actually just come out with the truth and tell your child, hey, listen, your your father or vice versa, your mother is in jail, or do you think it's better to say, you know, maybe they just, you know, maybe they went away to school or they went away on a vacation or something to that nature? Because I even have a friend who, at that point in time, her um now baby's father, he was in jail, and little man used to always ask for him, and she used to tell him that he went away to school. Mm. I mean, me, I was always told that I was going to see my daddy at his job. I mean, I know better now. (laughs) (laughs) Creative. (laughs) That was creative. You try to spare your kids from from being hurt, okay? But now that you now that I look at it, sometimes it's better to just outright tell your children tell, the truth. Tell them outright be, be, because, okay, if you said that they're going to school, they're away at school, okay? Kids today, when you ask your father, well, or you ask your mother, what did you go and study, and what, can, what what's the answer they can give you? I study prison. Well, kids, kids okay. are not as, as uh, unaware as we think. Okay, we take no, no, we, we, no, we think no kids they're not. But as, no. but no, but as parents, though, you try to spare your child from being hurt. But yes. it's better now to tell them the truth because what happens when the neighbor says, "Oh, your dad's in jail," and your and, child and comes back to you and say, and says, "Well, mommy, I thought you said that dad was at school." Well, that's because when, when it's time to get on the bus to take your child, and you know they they there and they see a bunch of men with green shoes on, right? And that's they wonder why the they the guilt. That's because the parent is going through a lot of shame and guilt and fear. Okay, that 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 and might that goes be true. Along with incarceration. Yeah, that 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 might be true, but but then again, a lot of times it comes from the ups, the upstairs that you want to have too. Okay, like we're we're, we're not jail people. We're, we're not we're mm-hmm. not jail people. I mean, everybody goes to jail for different reasons. You know, how how do you explain to your child that listen, my mother's in jail for rape? How, how do you explain that? I don't agree with that. her say telling a child why their parent is incarcerated, but I do think that it sometimes it is very important to to tell the truth, tell a child the truth. Like, when my father went to prison, I would have cooking it better had my family not lied to me. Now, my mother didn't lie to me. I never asked my mother. Uh, but when I did finally ask my mother, she was like, no, baby, your father is not away on vacation. He's not none of that stuff that they're telling you. She's like, I'm going to tell you the truth. She was like, and the reason I'm going to tell you the truth, she was like, because them continuing to lie to you, you're going to, you're going to, Believe that you will find out one day. Home, yeah. And you're looking for those answers, and he can't answer those questions. Then you're gonna resent everybody that lied to you. Mm-hmm. So she was mm-hmm. like, "No, yeah. your father is in prison." She's like, "I'm not gonna tell you what he did until you're old enough to understand." She's like, "But he was in prison. He's in prison because he made a very bad decision. Period." And let me and let me she was and like, let me tell. So she's like, "You know how when you get in trouble for something, I you have to." She was like, "You have consequences in the punishment." She's like, he did something that is his punishment. And let me tell you, and let me tell you, for the most part, anybody who doesn't know, I'll just put it out there. Anybody who doesn't know, 8434 is my mother. And, <laughs> and there was, 
And there was a time where I was living in the South, and, you know, I heard my father, they were going through whatever they were going through. But I was one of those children who would ask her, you know, because I, I would speak to him every now and again. It wasn't an all-the-time thing. It was a – I talked to her just about every – I talked to her just about every day. You know, him on the other hand, I spoke to him on certain on certain occasions. So there was just there was just one day where I asked her, I was like, "Hey, listen, you know, I I want to speak, you know, I want to speak to my father. Where is he?" So she says, "Oh, he's in Connecticut." Da, 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 da. So you know, I took that, I ran with it. I took that, I ran with it. My uncle, who had just who had just came down to Florida at the time, I was sitting on my I was sitting on my um my grandmother's front porch, God rest her soul. And and he just came in the door, and he was like, he's like, well, you know, your father, your father's getting out this week. And my reaction was, what the fuck you telling me for? Like that, that was really a hundred percent hands down my reaction. I was like, what the fuck are you telling me for? Like, like, like fuck him. I don't, I don't care that he's coming home this week because you know it was. It was one thing that was said to me. It was like, okay, he's in Connecticut. I ran with that. Then later on, then later on, I believe it was my sister who went to went to my mother and said, "Listen, you have to, you have to tell, tell your truth. son, you have to tell the your truth. son the truth." You yeah, understand what I'm saying? Truth. And so she, so she like, listen, your father is really dead, dead, uh, you know, and and she kind of she kind of explained to me what happened. And I was just like, you know, okay. I'm like, you could have just told me that the first time. Regardless of how I was going to take it, you know, that, that would have been on me. But that was my reaction. And, like, when I spoke to my father a long time ago, I told him, I said, my uncle, my uncle is the reason why, is the reason why I that I, you. that I speak to you. The reason why that I push for to try to have a relationship with you. I said, because it was to a point, one point in time that... I didn't want to have anything to do with you. You understand? Mm-hmm. And that and that comes with the good, the bad, the good things, the bad things, you know, the things from childhood. All that all that plays a part, you know, into my feelings, you know, in regards to how I feel about him. And you know, and one day me and him we did we did cross paths, you know, and I said something to him and he told he told a friend of he told a friend of his, you know, that I really hurt his feelings. And I'm like you know, and I and I and I got into a selfish aspect. Like, okay, what about all the years that you hurt mine? You understand what I'm saying? And I, and I don't want. I'm not trying to make this about me right now, for for everybody who's listening. But it's like, you know, what about the things that we were supposed to do together that we that we did not? You know, I and that's why. Well. You know, and and you know, and that's why. That's why I always say, you know, I. I had three positive, three positive men in my life, and my uncle being one of those, one of those people. My grandfather being one, and then my grandmother's brother being another one. You know, so it was just to, it was just to the standpoint of, okay, you know what? He told me, he told me that I should be the bigger person. Even to this day, now I hear, you know what? You should be the bigger person. You should be the bigger person. And I ain't, I ain't never had a problem, me, myself, I ain't never had a problem with being the bigger person. Never. But it's like, why keep pushing for shit so much? It's like you yeah, push, you push, you want the shit to happen. You want the shit to happen. But then you know, 
it happens for a little while, and then after that, it's just like days after. Like, and then and then and then you get yourself to the point. I'm almost done. And then you get yourself to the point. Like, what did I even reach out this for? Can and I say you know what? And it's like to this day on, my son, it's like you still have the hurt in you, but you're you're grown now and you try to get past it. But just as you're speaking, you can still hear the hurt. That's the real reason why your mother never really wanted to tell you the truth about how that bastard was in jail, okay? Because I tried to spare you the rock, but I couldn't because eventually you was going to find out. So my belief now is that anybody that has somebody in jail that means something to you or you want them to mean something to you, you just tell them the truth because the outcome is your kid gets hurt regardless, whether you tell them the truth or you lie to them because they still be hurt. They, they still be hurt. And as a mother... It's hard to deal with, but you always got to be there to make sure and nourish your child to let them understand, listen, it's not something that I want you to go through. It's not something I wanted you to go through. It happened. It was out of my hands. It was out of my control. Okay, you know, but a lot of times people only know one way of life because that's all they want to know is one way of life. To, To some people, they can't get a nine to five and be satisfied with that. They have to have a nine to five and then some. And they know the consequences of the street, and it gets to the point where they become selfish because they don't care about how it's going to affect they, their, their family. It doesn't matter because what a lot of people fail to realize is that when you're in jail, I'm in jail too, okay? When parole comes comes for you, they coming for me too because they got to enter my home, and my family has to be subjected to that. And then you have the nasty TOs that say, okay, I'm going to search your house. Everybody put their hands on the wall. You don't want your children to live like that. Nobody wants to live like that. Okay? It ain't enough money in the streets anymore to want to live like that. It's real simple. Life, life is very simple, but we make it very hard. Okay? Yeah, a lot of us, we do, we do things to make ends meet, but sometimes we just get greedy. We don't know how to stop and say, okay, listen, I made my come up. Let me quit now. While I can still be free, let me quit. A lot of us don't know how to do that because we're greedy. We agree. We're, we're, we're and, you know, and I just and I just want to say this much, and because we only got about nine minutes, eight minutes left, and I just want to say this much real quick. And it was somebody who I had this debate with years ago, because they they came to where where I was living, and they you know they were saying, well you know every time I come here it's the same old, and, and we talked about this in the beginning about the person. About the you know about the people who sell drugs and you know uh-huh. how you have a choice in it and everything else. This is something that we touched on in the very beginning. But that person came and it was like, oh, every time I come here, it's the same thing. It's the same old Negroes out here on the block. Why they can't get it? Why they can't do this? And why they can't do that? So, and they went on furthermore to boast and say how oh they never, they never did X, Y, and Z. My reply to them was, if you never did it, how can you talk about a life that you never even lived in the first place? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, that's true. I was like, you got to Nobody knows why anybody turns to the streets. Only that like, person you, knows. And a lot of times they don't got, want to share that, why they turn to the streets. But you got, you, you got brothers <laughs> out here. Why do people turn to the streets now? Got, you, got, you got brothers out here. You got niggas out here. And that's the mentality of, okay, this is the only way I know of how to survive. So if this is my means of survival, I'm going to do what I got to do. And like you just said, yeah, you got some people who they get extremely greedy with it, and you got some people that be like, yo, I'm just going to 
I'm just going to what's the name? I'm going to get this much. I just want to come out. And I'm going to cut it off in the head right there. And I ain't going to fuck with it no more. Mm. You, you come up. You, you, hold on, Dee back. I think she has something to say. Hey, Hi, sorry. Like, I'm, how you doing? I'm, I'm in and out working with some other day. I'm trying to do the legal way. You know what I'm saying? But we hate the streets and we do the legal because most of us and women in jail really for trying to take care of their families. Because right. there's not any help. There's not any jobs. Because in, re- in reality, if everybody had a job, then the world would be free because everybody's helping everybody else. But unfortunately, it's not that everybody doesn't have a job. And it, it gets harder and harder to get a job. So, But that don't, but that don't mean they gonna not, you can't get free life. No, you got to pay for the life. So by any means necessary, you might have to rob Peter to pay Paul or rob Peter altogether just to pay your life bill. Now you going to jail because you done wrote this check or you done did this whoop wah wham just to protect your kids, but in the end, you didn't protect the kids. In the, but it's like, if you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't because you didn't do the life, you, your life can't turn on now. Say, come take your kids, call you a bad mama. Yeah, it, 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 it's, 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 it's a one streak. It, it, it's, it's a no-one streak, okay? But as you get older and as you learn, you learn that, listen, you know what? Behind these walls, I'm a nobody, okay? In these streets, I'm going to become somebody, okay? Make yourself believe that, and that's what you want. You go and you grab it. And no matter what it takes, you don't want to fall back into the same pattern. You, you, you don't. And a lot of times it's very hard not to. But you got to keep the faith and keep saying, listen, I can do this without having to do that. I can do this without having to do that, okay? Yeah, and listen, we all would like to stand on the corner and, uh, you know, make that fast money. But there is no money out there. There's, there's no money out there no more. If you, ain't move, if you ain't moving keys, there's no money. And now, and now it's to the point, like Silk said, they're they not giving you one year, two years. They're giving you 15 and better. Okay, so once you make a relationship with your children, do you want to walk away from them again? Do you? Or do you want to be able to keep your family together and say, listen, you know what? Today, we're going to have leftovers today. Maybe in three months from now, maybe we can go to the restaurant and splurge. But until I can pay all these bills, hey, i got to cut things short. And if you don't understand that, well, you just don't understand me. That means that you'd rather see me on the other side of the fence where you have to write me a letter and I can write you back only when I'm allowed to write, okay, only when I'm allowed to make that phone call. Wait, more, that's not okay? fair. Okay? That's, that's not fair. You can't, I mean, I understand where you're coming from, but you can't throw that off on your family members because you have to understand certain people. You have to understand, once you get your children in particular, you get your children accustomed to a certain life, they don't understand anything outside of that. If you're not honest yeah. with your kids and your kids don't actually know the move that you're making to make that shit happen, when you tell them no, they're gonna look at you like you're stupid. Oh, and to them, it's it's a blow to their to to their feelings because you're telling them no because you want to be mean. You're telling them no, and they don't have the explanation behind the no. Then they're gonna look at you one type of sideways. Or now and then, by you saying that, just I'm just saying to some kids that would they would have took that in offense. Oh, so you're blaming me for you wanting this? No. No, not 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 saying that 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 you're blaming your child for you going to jail. It's like this. Listen, 
You know what? You can have a million-dollar lifestyle today because you have a regular nine-to-five, okay? And in five minutes, you have no lifestyle because your nine-to-five is gone. And then there's a question of, do I run back in the street and put this in my hand to have that million-dollar lifestyle, or do I start from the bottom and work my way back to the top? That's the choices that we make in life. So you look at the overall picture. Okay, well, I think it's getting close to time, and I think Chuck stepped away. But I just want to say this, and then I believe that we have to wrap up. Oh, you there. Okay. Chuck is right here. Am I correct? Are we running out of time? Yeah, we're running out of time, We have to wrap it up. Yes. Okay. I just wanted to briefly say I – um. From experience as a child who went through it, I'm just going to say to anybody that's listening that's going through it right now or a child or a parent, mm-hmm. always remember that it is important whether you feel like it's, whether you feel like it's, it is or not, it is very important to have those type of discussions with your family members. I'm not, tell, I'm, not mean, I'm not saying tell your kids you out here robbing people, whatever you're doing to get your money. But make your kids understand the value of hard work, the value of a dollar, because God forbid you turn around because you're out there robbing people to pay Paul, doing whatever you want to do to make ends meet. And you end up in prison, your kid is not going to understand. Your kid is going to look at you like, okay, well, what did you do? Like, why, why? And then they're going to resent you and blame you for a lot of stuff because they don't understand. If you don't have that dialogue with your child, your relationship is really going to get tough. And maybe that's even why you continue from the beginning. Die. But that's why you got to tell them from the beginning. You have to tell them from the beginning. Okay, yeah, but make sure that you're not making the child feel like they're, for, they're to blame for it either. All right, guys, listen, yeah, listen. We gotta, yeah, but we if gotta, you take a child from the beginning, they can't blame they're to blame for it. Excuse me. We have to pass it back over to Shelly. We only have two minutes. Mom, it's been it's been great, and I thank you all for participating in this much needed discussion, as critical as it is. And I hope we can continue. I think we all brought something to the table. We all learned from each other tonight, and thank you all for sharing. And I look forward to you the next to speaking with you the next time on conversations with Shelley. Good night. Good night. All right, guys, and just for anybody who is listening to us, the Silky Silk Show will be on this Tuesday from 9 to 11, <laughs> as well as Thursday from 9 to 11, and Real Life Spill will be on on Wednesday and that Friday. That is Eastern Standard Time. So thank you for everybody who called in. We will have another another episode and other conversations with Shelly next Saturday. Good night, everybody, yep, yep. and much love to everyone. Same here. God bless. Shelly, Shelly. All right, so be good. (laughs) All right.